everyone, and welcome to JCM Prepare the Way Extras. That's right, this is going to be a podcast dedicated to extra topics requested by you, our listeners, on things that you are really curious about. And so today, we are going to go over a topic that many people either A, don't understand very well, or B, might misunderstand altogether. And that topic is Israel. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Carol, and I am part of an organization called Jeremiah's Call Ministries out of Colorado. And I just want to share that actually JCM, our very first Bible study that we ever wrote and put on was a study on Israel. And many people attended because people are genuinely curious. They want to understand more about this place and why it's important. And maybe that's you out there, or maybe it's somebody you know. But a lot of times we aren't quite sure where to go to find that information because it's rarely, if ever, taught in Christian circles. There are people out there that are doing a really good job, but a majority really kind of avoid the topic. So we're going to do that here, and we're going to try to break it up into very doable parts for you. And today is part one, and we're calling it Why Israel? Why did God choose this location to plant his people? You know, in the episode, I'm not sure if you tuned into it at all, but it was why we can believe the Bible. We make mention of Israel as it pertains to reading and understanding your Bible, because it bears repeating um, from that episode that Israel is centric to everything that is taking place in your Bible, with the exception of maybe a small time in Egypt and Babylon and a mention of other little places like Nineveh or Edom, uh, if you're reading the prophet Obadiah. Yes, there's a prophet Obadiah. Uh, And a few other places in the New Testament. Everything about your Bible takes place in the land of Israel. And so even though this is central to our knowledge of God, many believers really have limited understanding of the land, but also the future fulfillment of this land for us. So today we're going to cover some of those basics in the hope of helping you gain a better but also biblical understanding of why Israel should be a focus of learning for all believers. So let's start with that question, why? Why did God choose this land? You know, as mentioned in another podcast actually on the Bible, we learn that the books of the Bible are written in a context of time and space. What time did God say this and in what place did he say that? So my first practical suggestion for you when beginning a study of Israel in any, uh, any level is to get a good map, maybe two good maps. And so your first map should definitely be a map of the promised land, a map of Israel. And if you can find two maps of Israel, that's even better. You want one of the promised land, the land that God promised to Abraham, which is much larger than the Israel you see today. And the second map of Israel is maybe the Israel you do see today, which is about the size of New Jersey. And so you want a really good map of Israel. The second map that I would suggest for you to get is a really good map of the Middle East. So if you can start there, and I know some Bibles have okay maps in the back, but it'd be really good if you found something a little bit more extensive because we need to hold these images in our mind when we study the Bible, because friends, most of the events that we read about 
take place in these regions. And, it, and I'm a visual learner, so it's very important that as you're reading stories in the Bible and you're tracking the movement of God's people and you're tracking the movement of invading armies, you understand the routes they take, you understand the paths they're going on, you understand all these journeys, okay? So that's the first thing. The other thing that's really important to understand when you do get a good map of the Middle East is that you actually might hear a term for the Middle East or see it highlighted on a map. And it's a term referred to as the Fertile Crescent. So if you do a web search, for example, um, you will see this uh, and you type in Fertile Crescent, you will see a particular shape highlighted over a certain section of the Middle East. And I'll get to that in just a second. But that Fertile Crescent term, uh, if you have traveled to the Middle East or to Israel or you've studied this region of the world, maybe you're in a prayer group. You know, there's a lot of great prayer groups that concentrate and focus their prayers specifically for the Middle East. You more than likely have come across this terminology. And so when you do that web search on the Middle East or you type in Fertile Crescent, what you're going to notice on a map of the Middle East is a, is a new moon shape or boomerang shape that is highlighted over a certain portion of countries in the Middle East. And what that shape does, at each end, it connects two very large rivers. And in between those rivers are portions of different countries. So if you're looking at a map with the Fertile Crescent, you will notice how the shape covers the northern tip of Africa. It covers parts of Israel, most of Israel. It covers um, parts of Syria, Lebanon, um, Iraq, uh, even parts of Turkey and Iran. And so you'll see this boomerang or new moon shape that is going to cover a part of those countries. And at each end of that shape are two rivers. That's very important to understand. You're also going to notice something very important on that boomerang shape. And that is the fact that the Fertile Crescent does not extend into any desert regions. Okay. That's why it's called the Fertile Crescent. <laughs> it's fertile. It's a very, uh, it's where things grow. Okay. So it will not cover desert regions of Saudi Arabia, and it will not cover the desert regions in Northern Egypt. Do you have a bit of a visual? Okay, so you have this half moon, not half moon, new moon boomerang uh, territory in the Middle East connected by these two river basins. And each river basin is found in two distinct areas. At one end of the boomerang, you will have a river that is found in Egypt. And the other end of the boomerang, you're going to have a river basin that is found in modern day Iraq. It's the river Nile in Egypt. That is one end of the fertile crescent and the Tigris and Euphrates rivers are found at the other end of the fertile crescent, which is like I said, modern day Iraq. And these two river basins are very fertile valleys. So a lot of things grow there and the region between these two river valleys. So all of the space, that land that is highlighted in that boomerang includes what have been known as ancient Mesopotamia. 
Yes, that ancient Mesopotamia, a term you've probably heard in the New Testament and other parts of your Bible. And why is this part of the region called Mesopotamia? Because Mesopotamia means between the rivers, Meso, Middle, Potamia rivers. And so you have a certain portion of this boomerang known is known as the ancient region of Mesopotamia. And so these two fertile valleys, the Nile and the Tigris Euphrates, so each end of the boomerang were the centers of power in the ancient world. At one end where the one river is, Tigris and Euphrates, the two rivers, you have Babylon. And at the other end of the boomerang or the fertile crescent, you have Egypt. And they were the East and West world powers. And so when you're reading your Bible, it's important to know that the whole Old Testament is a struggle between these world powers, between Egypt and the different empires that arose, namely Assyria and Babylon. Okay, you got that? So we have two world powers in the ancient world at each end of this boomerang or fertile crescent and right in between them, the heart of the fertile crescent, you have the promised land, Israel. Okay, starting to see a bigger picture. Now, outside of the fertile crescent, like I said, you have both, you have deserty regions. You have both the Sahara and the Arabian desert. So when those powers attacked each other, they didn't want to travel through the deserts because there would be very little, if any, resources for their armies. So they traveled the narrow corridor of the Fertile Crescent. And that narrow corridor of travel, that path that they had to travel on in order to attack each other, is found along the coastal plain of the Mediterranean, a route that takes you through Israel. And this main route through Israel would place them in the region of Galilee. Okay, he's starting to connect some dots. This narrow corridor seemed to be the best option because on the other side of the Galilee, not the side closest to the Mediterranean, but the side furthest from it, that other side of the Galilee, there is an area that is incredibly difficult for any army to cross. If you have a good map, you will probably see it highlighted in a different color, but it's an area that is made of the black basalt rock. And that black basalt is very sharp and it is very hard where even camels cannot cross it. Actually, if you've ever been to Capernaum, the houses there were made of this rock. Okay. And so what happened? Well, this narrow strip of land in Israel became the crossroads of the world. All the traffic between continents in that region took place in this narrow route. If you were traveling from Europe to Arabia, you would come down a a road that uh, the coast and cross over what's called the Jezreel Valley in your Bible, a big, massive valley. So you would come down a coastal route, cross over this valley, and a beautiful valley that was actually wedged between Mount Carmel, which is the story of Elijah, It's a valley wedged between that, the sea, and the Jordan River. And they would cross over the valley, cross over the Jordan River, down into Arabia. So you had a whole bunch of travelers coming from Europe, coming down that route, crossing over to go to Arabia. If you were traveling from Africa to Asia or vice versa, you would come up the coast, 
cross over the Jezreel Valley again to come up through Capernaum to Damascus and eastward to India and China. And so this place where these two routes crossed became known as the crossroads of the world. You may even hear people talk about that today. People talk about Israel being the middle of the world. That's where that's coming from. Now, the Valley of Jezreel in your Bible is also called the Plain of Australium or the Valley of Megiddo. You may hear those three terms referred to in scriptures because the actual crossroads of the world is at a little hill named Megiddo. And you will see Megiddo a lot in the Old Testament. And the hill Megiddo in Hebrew is actually called Armageddon. Another dot connecting. And that's why most of the big battles you read about in the Bible took place at Megiddo. It was a massive valley, but also the crossroads of the world. And again, this valley, this Armageddon, Megiddo, what do people talk about in the book of Revelation at the end of the age? The battle of Armageddon, right? It's going to take place where God is going to come to war against all of these rebellious nations of the world in this valley, in this crossroads of the world. All right. You got a bigger picture in your mind? Let me continue. We're almost done. And overlooking the valley, overlooking this Megiddo, this Jezreel Valley, was a little village called Nazareth. And you start to see a thread form. I heard once that from a preacher years ago that you can imagine a young boy sitting on the hillside in Nazareth and literally watch the world go by. And this is really what happened because all the nationalities of the world would come through this area, which is why this region of Galilee is called the Galilee of the nations. I'm sure you've heard that term before. That's where that comes from. And let me just highlight a few stories in your Bible of things that took place in this crossroads of the world. And you've got the wedding of Cana that took place in this region. You had the rising of both the Shunammite woman's son from the Old Testament and the son of the woman of Nain from the New Testament took place in this region. Ahab and Jezebel, their palace was in Jezreel. This is the region, the valley from which she was thrown to her death. Naboth was murdered in Jezreel when he refused to give King Ahab his vineyard. Remember that story? Or maybe not. You didn't, maybe you haven't read that story yet. How about this one? King Ahab's sons were all beheaded and their heads were piled at the gate of Jezreel. How about those of you out there who love the story of Deborah and her victory over Sisera? Well, that happened here. This was also the scene of victory led by a famous character in the Bible, Gideon, against the Midianites and Amalekites. This was also the location where, well, the Israelites led by King Saul were defeated by the Philistines, both Saul and Jonathan, right? And many more. That's why when you have a really good map, my friends, you can look at this area and place many Bible stories together. And now what about Jerusalem? Well, Jerusalem was in a different area, further south, up in the hills. It was very isolated and very Jewish. 
So you had the international part of Israel up in the region of the Galilee, and then you had the Jewish part down in the south. So you can see how important this land is. And so God, in all his wisdom, planted his people at the crossroads of the world, a place where the whole entire world could see them, where they could literally be a model of his kingdom on earth. Do you see this picture forming even more clearly? The whole world, friends, could see blessings that would come uh, to the Israelites if they were living under God's rule and his commands, living under his kingdom, so to speak. But they could also see the curses and the judgment he would bring on his own people when they were rebellious and disobeyed him. And so in this little area, this land of Israel, you have a lot of activity taking place. And, and you also have something else quite amazing about Israel. You have the whole entire world in miniature. You have every kind of climate. You have every kind of scenery, every kind of fauna and flora that is found in all other parts of the world. You can be skiing at Mount Hermon and then 10 minutes later be down among palm trees. And in biblical times, you would have the lions and alligators, camels, and bears. And so when you have a good map and you're reading these stories from the Bible, uh, you will have a really um, educated and clear look and be able to understand things a bit better when you understand its geography. And you'll also start to understand why Jesus's main ministry was in Galilee. You'll also start to understand why he was put to death by the Jews down south, not all of Israel. When you read in the gospel of John that the Jews killed Jesus, it didn't mean all Israel killed Jesus. It meant Judah. That's the territory down south where Jerusalem is. Those in the south, Galileans were all for Jesus. And so when reading your Bible now, you'll have this picture of the fertile crescent. And the stories of the Bible move around this fertile crescent. And sometimes things are taking place in Egypt and other times you have enemies such as Assyria or Babylon invading Israel from the north. And what happens when you find yourself at the crossroads of the world? Well, you're bound to get trampled, which is what happened to Israel. And so these world powers are ever present in Bible stories and Israel is in the middle of it all. So Hopefully that gives you just some fundamentals on the land itself and why God chose this location to plant his people. We close out part one and look forward to having you join us for part two when we talk about why Israel, why God made a covenant with this man, Abraham. Take care. Have a great day.